0: football sensei podcast with your host trevor scott we're back we've got a longer episode this week sorry i didn't get it out yesterday but excited to get into more uh player injuries that news that we got out this week and we're going to we're going to look at some new segments here this uh, today so I'm I'm looking forward to it. And let's get into the intro. So we're going to start out with some news. We're going to look at the the waiver action over the, the last two days. We're going to get a playoff picture cliff notes version similar to last week. Um, we're going to get a sackable breakdown on who could be in, who can be out of that and potential matchups that we're looking at in the in that bracket. And then we're going to get into the week 14 previews and the studs and duds. So first thing in the news, um, I heard back from some of you on the playoff leagues, so hopefully I'll continue to get feedback on that and we'll continue to work on getting the league set up and, and uh, figuring out who's going to play with who and, and get all of that info put out. Um, so I'm, I'm still assuming that most of the people want to play, so I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Um, I thought something was interesting on points against. Um, I just noticed that Hamza had 1582 points against, which is the lowest in the league, um, which isn't surprising because of his his, uh, excellent record. But the next closest is Jordan with 1758. That's a staggering 176 point difference between the least points scored against and the second least points scored against. So um, That's that's unbelievable. He got some great luck this year. Um, and also the, the bottom four teams normally you've got some big numbers put up against, uh, against the teams with the worst records, but really there it's pretty consistent throughout. And Mike is actually the one with the most points scored against them and is still in second. So, um, some interesting points against looks there. Um, and then let's jump into the injuries. This is going to be a long one. There's been so many injuries. I feel or so much injury news this week. So, uh, bear with me on this one. Uh, maybe you guys want to just kind of skip through this if it doesn't pertain to you, but here we go. So the players that are out either this week or for the rest of the season, um, Logan Thomas back on IR. There was some hope that he'd be back. would mentioned that on Tuesday, but he is now going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, probably a boost to Ricky Seals-Jones, so we'll see if he uh, becomes a factor at all coming down the stretch. Um, Jamal Adams is out for the season with a shoulder injury, so that'll be interesting for the Seahawks defense to see how that works out. Um, Randall Cobb, they announced, is still going to be out a while with that core muscle injury that he suffered. So I don't know if we see him again this year. Maybe he gets back for the playoffs. Um, So he's got a little bit longer to get back than somebody like Jamal Adams. So we'll keep an eye on him. Um, Kadarius Toney injured his oblique during practice today. So he was already dealing with ankle injury, already pretty banged up. Sustains an oblique injury. So I don't think we're going to see him for a while. He could potentially be done for the year. Uh, we'll get into waivers, but I did cut him finally. Craig's been on me to cut him, so um, he uh, he took a victory lap on me earlier today. Um, and then Chase Edmonds is expected back in week 15. However, he will be out this week. Um, players to watch throughout the week, throughout the rest of the week, developing type of Uh, stories here david montgomery was a dnp on wednesday and he got in limited work today i anticipate him to go but that's not a sure thing by any stretch at this point Um, daryl henderson was limited on thursday after not practicing on wednesday with a thigh injury so hopefully he gets right but in in our league this doesn't really matter because uh this is just a decision for mike and he's got both him and sony michelle so um you know we'll continue to watch it though um, and then we got a trio of running backs here that are on the injury report for Gavin. Um, we got Joe Mixon, who sat on Wednesday with a non-COVID illness, then got in a limited practice today, I believe. Maybe he sat again. I'm not 100% sure, actually. Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on Mixon. I do think he's going to play. I don't think we're going to have any issues with him because um, he's not missing time because of the the injury he sustained during the game last week. So I think he's going to be okay. James Robinson missed practice today, Thursday, for a rest day. Um, That was something that has been planned. That happened last week as well. Um, And he did practice in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Um, There's been a lot of information in the news just about James Robinson in general not getting enough touches. He's got all kinds of support in the locker room from players. Trevor Lawrence endorsed him publicly. So I think this is just a way for them to, to... basically tell Urban Meyer, wake up, we got to play James Robinson if we want to be serious about winning, um, which they're probably not. But like, you know, they, they want to put their best team out there. Um, and then the last one for a gap from Gavin's team is Elijah Mitchell. He's continuing to be sidelined with a concussion and a knee injury. Um, I think he's missing time more due to the concussion um, because he still is in the protocol, but that's two straight practices. That he's missed. So if he doesn't get on the field tomorrow, then that's not going to look good for his Sunday availability. Um, Melvin Gordon was back in practice. Um, He got limited sessions yesterday and today, Wednesday and Thursday. And I really think that he's going to play. He thinks he's going to go, but he has not been medically cleared at this time. That's why he's in this uh, Players to Watch segment. Um, And then still on Stevie Moe's team here, uh, Tony Pollard is hopeful after injuring his foot. Um, so we got, we got news that he was banged up and then he came out and said he tore his plantar fascia. Um, I, I don't know how you play on a torn plantar fascia. Maybe I can have one of the uh, medical people in our league come on and explain how you can play in football games on a torn uh, plantar fascia. Um, but yeah, that one was a little bit perplexing to me. So I, I I do hope for Pollard's sake that he's able to play through it or whatever and, and manage the pain if that's really the only risk to him. Um, but so we'll see this week if he ends up giving it a go. I did notice that Stevie Mo pulled him out of his lineup just because of the, I, I, I don't blame him. I mean, that's a scary injury. So um, we'll we'll look into Pollard later in the week. J.D. McKissick returned to individual drills after his concussion, so he is working his way through the protocol. Maybe we get him back this week. Maybe it takes one more week for him, Um, but that would be a great weapon for the Washington football team to be able to get back on the field for them. Um, Rodgers missed practice, same same injury, COVID toe. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to start, but he really just hasn't been practicing at all, so... Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does get in any sort of limited work on Friday or Saturday rolling into the weekend. Um, Galladay was working on the side on Wednesday, but then he practiced on Thursday. So that's that's a good sign for him. I know he got banged up in this game and he had been dealing with injuries before that, uh, but did get a practice on Thursday. If he gets a full practice on Friday, he might be in a good spot to really succeed here with, with Tony out and Shepard still banged up. Um, and speaking of Shepard, he also practiced on Thursday so we haven't seen him in a while, but if he's ready to go, it'll be definitely a boost for that entire offense because they'll, uh, they'll have their safety blanket back and Glennon will have somewhere to go with the ball. Um, Debo was still sidelined in practice. Um, he's been optimistic that he's going to play. So I, I don't know what to think of that situation. I mean, I, I would expect him to get in some activity tomorrow if he is serious about trying to play. Um, but that's a big one for Mike. We'll get into that later in the in the episode here. But Mike currently doesn't have a third wide receiver on his roster, so if he does want to, uh, actually, he I think I think I made that note earlier. I think he added MVS, um, and, and he spent some money on him last night. So he does have somebody if Debo doesn't play. But hopefully, we can get Debo out there um, and ready to play. BMW is. Uh, still testing negative after being a close contact to Keenan Allen. So I, I think as long as he gets the five days, he is vaccinated. So he is going to be able to play as long as he continues to test negative. Um, he can get back in the facility on Saturday. So I don't anticipate that he's going to practice tomorrow. Um, but if he's back in the facility, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to go. Um, and then Keenan Allen is still in the COVID protocol. He's the one that did test positive, And he also is vaccinated. So um, there is still hope that he can play if he gets a negative test early enough and he gets through the COVID protocols. um, He still does have a chance to play as well. And then Allen Robinson was limited. I don't necessarily expect him to play, but he did get in a limited practice and he still has a chance to play as well. Um, and then guys that are coming back from injuries that they were previously out from and are, are concretely expected to play. Obviously, Dalvin Cook tonight, um, he was a game time decision. I can't believe he's going to play with, with a harness and all that stuff. Um, and coming back in 11 days from a dislocated shoulder and a torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, so we'll, we'll see um, how he does tonight. But he's, he's active currently and, and is going to go out there and play. Um, Jair Alexander, cornerback for the Packers, had to throw that one in there. Packer bias. He's awesome. He's coming back. It's going to be good to see him get his feet wet. I don't know if he's going to play a full lot of snaps or not, but he'll be out there. um, And that's going to be a big boost for the Packers. Um, Justin Fields cleared to start. So he's going to be out there. No more Dalton. Back to Fields. We'll see how that impacts the passing game. Um, I know for me, I was loving Montgomery getting all these dump-off passes from... Dalton. So hopefully Fields takes note on that and and doesn't do as much running and still takes advantage of Montgomery in the receiving game. Um, Kamara put in back-to-back practices. And I do think he's going to play, I believe he was off the injury report. Um, I don't know if that's going to be official until tomorrow, but he he's put in back-to-back practices. I uh, And with Ingram on the COVID protocol, I, I fully expect Kamara to be out there. Um, we did get news after Amari missed two games. Was limited last week. He did play. had a had an okay game for being limited, um, but he now is not going to have any limitations. Reportedly feeling better, got his conditioning back over this week, um, and he's hopefully going to have a get right game against Washington. Excellent matchup to be coming into for Amari. Um, and then Cup was a surprise on the injury report. He was limited with a toe injury. I didn't hear anything about this until this afternoon. Um, so hopefully he's fine. I, I don't anticipate he's gonna miss the game or we would have heard more about this. Um, and then Mike Glennon is expected to, sp- to start. He took a big shot. Uh, last week was in the concussion protocol, but he looks like he's ready to go. Um, so we'll jump into the waiver analysis now. So there was nothing too crazy. Um, there was there were some drops and then Tuesday and Wednesday waiver runs. So on Tuesday, uh matt wins the bid on the packers defense with three dollars there were four bids actually that went in on it jordan tried to grab him tyler tried to grab him and so did mike um and mike ended up putting a bid on the chargers so got the consolation prize there and matt also bid on the chargers but since he won on the packers didn't didn't end up with the chargers there um craig grabbed mike davis spent the rest of his fab two dollars to grab him as a handcuff to Cordero Patterson. Um, I can't blame him because Mike Davis actually looked great. He had four carries over 30 yards on four carries and a touchdown. And then he also had four receptions and uh, out had, had more receptions and receiving yards than Patterson last week. So um, Davis looking a little bit more explosive, I guess lately he's got, he's got a bunch of catches in his last uh, three games here, 10 receptions in his last three games. So um, if anything were to happen to Patterson, Mike Davis would be able to step into potentially a flex type of role for Craig. Um, and then Tyler replaced his kicker, who was on bye, with Suckup. So uh, low impact move there. Um, and then on Wednesday, Mike uh, Mike spent seven dollars on MVS. I mentioned that at the top. I, I got the the notes confused there. I, I didn't proofread them. I guess before I started this, um, but but he did get MVS in there, so he does have a receiver to play if he needs him. He's got Keenan Allen on the COVID list, and he's got Debo very very questionable at this point. So we'll see what ends up happening with the receivers there for Mike. Um a couple more DSTs went on Wednesday. Um Tyler grabbed the Saints for $2, and Gavin grabbed the Seahawks for zero. Um there were a lot of good streaming defenses this week, so not surprised to see four defenses get added this week. Um and then Hamza uh, rounded out the the waiver runs with Jamichael Hasty for $0. Um, the 49ers backfield's really banged up. I mean Trey Sermons on IR, Elijah Mitchell obviously in the concussion protocol and a knee injury. Uh, Jeff Wilson is banged up with a knee injury, but he's kind of expected to play too. So, um, hasty, the one who's been on IR and kind of been banged up to this point is the one kind of getting healthy here. So, um, he does have the passing game role, so he should get some targets. And if he gets 10, 10 carries or so, he could be a good play this week. Um, and then a couple Thursday moves before Thursday night football, Tyler grabbed Tyler Conklin and Jalen Guyton. Um, so that was, that was good to see. Um, get in there, give him a couple more options. Um, Conklin plays tonight, so I don't anticipate that he's going to play him over Hawkinson. Um, but Guyton is somebody, if BMW or Allen don't go, that that could be an interesting option for him at receiver. Um, a few more drops came in. Stevie Mo waited until Thursday. didn't get his hate drops out on Tuesday. Um, maybe he's trying to dodge the podcast discussion about his hate drops, but um, we're, we're going to get him in here anyway. So he, he got rid of Boston Scott, who was all but uninvolved last week, and he he dropped Jameson Crowder. I think that was just a roster crunch decision. It was somebody he added on on Sunday morning just to to see last week and got uh, ended up cutting him here. Um, and then Tyler cut Logan Thomas after the news that he's out. This this one sucks because Logan Thomas really did play well when he was on the field. It, it's really a bummer that we didn't get to see a full season of him being the tight end, the guy for the Washington football team um, all year. I, I do anticipate rolling into next year that he's going to have a good role um, and that he's still going to be a, a good tight end in next year's drafts. Um, and then for me, I dropped the Broncos in Kadarius Toney. I had some roster issues. Dalvin Cook ended up being active and he was on my IR, so I had to make roster moves um, and Tony just wasn't out yet, even though he's going to be. Um, so I couldn't hold him on IR. And then uh, to activate Cook, I put uh, I'd I had to drop the Broncos. No more carrying three defenses for me. Um, so we'll go into the playoff picture notes here, cliff notes, if you will. Um, so really just to to kind of crunch down all of the analysis we did last week and just look at the three teams that are, are really kind of critical for the playoff picture here. So I'm going to give you the easiest ways in for them. And, um, these are kind of just the most likely scenarios without getting into all the points and everything. So the first one is Jared, the five seed. If he gets a win over Gavin, he's in end of story. If Gavin gets a win over Jared in the six seed, he's also in. Um, and, and most likely the loser of this game is going to end up being out of the playoffs because Jordan just has to get a win over Tyler and he's in, um, because the Jared and Gavin are playing each other, it kind of worked out for Jordan to be able to move up a spot. And one of those is for sure going to be kicked down a spot. So we'll see how that plays out. Looking forward to that. Um, and then getting into the Sackle Bowl breakdown, then we'll go, we'll go a little bit deeper into what can happen here in terms of the matchups and what can be set up for next week. So in the 10 seed is Tyler. He's got that all locked up, all to himself going into the last week. Um, Tyler, uh, I'm sorry, Stevie Moe and Matt have two game leads on him. Um, so he'll be sitting there waiting for one of Matt, Jordan, Gavin, or Jared to play in the first week of the Sackle Bowl. Um, Stevie Moe is the nine seed um, and he plays the eight seeded Matt and they have the same record. So he could win and jump Matt in the standings and actually go up to eight and then they'd play again next week. Um, so there's there's a good sh- chance that these two play again next week anyways, but that isn't a lock. Um, so Matt, who's currently in eighth, does have a way to get to seventh because if he wins, he actually does have more points than Jordan. So if he wins and Jordan loses, then Matt would actually jump up into the seventh seed and Jordan would jump down into the 8th seed, and then that, that matchup could potentially be Jordan and Stevie Moe in the first week of the SACO. Um, for Jordan, he is, uh, he's not likely to stay in that 7th seed. So unless Tyler pulls off the upset, uh, Jordan's likely going to find himself in the playoffs. So it's pretty much either the 6th seed or the 8th seed for Jordan. I don't really see him ending up in the 7th seed. It is possible if Stevie Moe beats Matt and then Jordan loses... Uh, Jordan does have more points than Stevie Moe. So he would sit in seven if that happens. Um, But I would anticipate he's either gonna go to the eight seed and play uh, Stevie Moe or he will jump up into the six seed. Um, And then with Gavin, if he has a loss to Jared and Jordan win, he locks in the seven seed and would play Tyler. And same thing with Jared. If he loses to Gavin and Jordan wins, he'll get the seven seed because he has a better record and he will match up with Tyler. All right, so let's jump into the week 14 previews. Let's go over these matchups. We're going to start with Gavin and Jared. This is definitely the most important game. Um, This is it for these two teams. Such an important matchup. It's basically win or go home for both of them, um, unless Jordan loses. So for Jared, I've been worried about this for about a month now. I've been calling it out on the podcast. um, But all of the turmoil in terms of last month can be completely forgotten if he's just able to win this week. Um, he's got Tua and Giseki on bye, and then Adam Thielen, Swift, Likely, and Carter all out with injuries. And Edmonds, unfortunately, is going to, to return next week, so he still has Edmonds, who's going to be out this week. Um, well, there's a lot of line- issues in his lineup. He he doesn't really have any tough decisions. Um, he does have David Johnson coming back and Burkhead, who is in his lineup, still in his lineup. I think. He's able to replace David Johnson and kind of drop Burkhead or put Burkhead on his bench. Um, and he can he can roll forward with the lineup as is. And he's got all his receivers in there um, for Gavin. Um, I kept thinking over and over that he was going to get a win early, but it just wasn't able to secure one more win going into this week. Um, but as with Jared, right, all will be forgiven of, over all those losses if he's just able to get a W and just get into the playoffs here. Um, So he has Waddle on by and a ton of injuries. He's got uh, Mixon, who's sick. Mitchell, who's got a concussion and a knee injury. Elijah Moore, who's got a quad injury. Joe Burrow, who's got a pinky injury. Tyrod Taylor, who has a wrist injury. And Kareem Hunt, who had a calf injury. Um, Hunt, I believe, got updated to full practice in his off the injury report. Everybody else is also expected to play for the most part. But Mitchell, I think, is the one that's shaping up to look the most questionable. No practice time, multiple, like not only the concussion, but knee injury. So um, we'll see. And Tyrod was a full practice today. I I was a little worried in the last podcast that he might go on IR, but he was full practice. So whether or not he ends up being the starting quarterback is a different issue. But in terms of health, he looks good to go. Um, For start, Sit for Gavin, he's got a couple interesting decisions, because wide receiver three could go to any of Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham, or Russell Gage. Um, And so right now, he's got Gage in there, and I don't necessarily blame him, because last three weeks, Gage has been great, and he's been getting a lot of targets, a lot of volume, and is honestly, feels anyways, like the safest play of the three. Um, And then Flex could go to any of James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, or... Either of the wide receivers, he doesn't play at a wide receiver three. So it could be Robinson, Hunt, Ayuk, Odell, or Gage for that flex spot. Um, I don't necessarily think he goes with another receiver. I think he's going to end up settling on Kareem Hunt or James Robinson. Um, Robinson's been banged up too, but maybe with all the news and support coming out around Robinson, we can feel a little bit more comfortable starting him. Uh, But Kareem Hunt could be in for a big game against Baltimore too, because you know those two teams are going to be running it at each other. Um, And then he he also does have Buffalo, who plays Tampa Bay. Um, So I don't don't know if he's going to end up looking into switching out that defense. Um, But Buffalo has been pretty solid. Two of the last three weeks, they haven't been so good. But who knows? Maybe he'll just stick it out with Buffalo. So moving into Mike and Craig. Um, This is another huge one for seeding. It doesn't matter as much for getting in or getting out of the playoffs. But the winner of this matchup is going to get the two seed. Um, So for Mike... He would love this bye, but it's honestly not a ton of pressure because he knows he's already in the playoffs. So, I um, mean, he's likely going to be the three seed, anyways. Um, so, he has Hines and Jacoby Myers on bye, and Coleman has a concussion. Um, it's, he's shaping up to not look so good for playing. Um, and then Debo is obviously hoping to be back from injury as well. Um, his, his start sit decisions are, I think, in my opinion, the toughest of all of us this week. Um, he's got the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon dynamic to deal with, and he's got the Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle dynamic to deal with. Um, so knowing just who to play from those two backfields is going to be tough in and of itself. But then he's also got Jamal Williams, who's likely going to be in his flex. So if he wanted to take a shot on two back, running backs in the same backfield, I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily even going to do that or be able to do that because Jamal is is a solid option for his flex. So. Um, we'll see what he ends up doing in terms of all of those roster decisions with his running backs. Um, and then I mentioned that he didn't have a wide receiver three, but he, he's he got MVS now. I don't know if he wants to start necessarily MVS, but with Keenan Allen and with Debo looking at least a little bit questionable, um, it looks like he's going to end up having to play him too. So there's craziness all the way up and down on Mike's roster. So stay tuned, check in on who he decides to start Sunday morning and, and uh, let's see how it works out for him. Um, and then for Craig, he's been pushing for that two spot all year. I mean, he's got the highest score in two of the last three weeks. And and the other week, he had the second highest score, sustained that loss that week. But he's looked really good. So Craig has Mac Jones and Nick Folk on by with no injuries this week. He was able to dodge all of that injury news. Um, so his old, only real decision is between Cordero Patterson and Devontae Freeman. Um, I think that Patterson is pretty easily the call here. Um, so it's not much to see, um, but Freeman's at least been playing well enough where it could potentially be an issue moving forward if Mike Davis does start to have a bigger role and is starting to be more explosive. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what Craig does. Uh, but his team looks pretty locked and loaded, ready for the playoffs. And if he's able to get this win, he's going get, to get a buy. So he's, uh, he's looking sharp here. Um, the next matchup that's very important is Jordan and Tyler. Um, and It's a big one for Jordan, so if he's able to get this win, he's likely going to get into the playoffs, um, and despite everything that's happened for him, starting 1-5, and, five, and uh, here he is now, knocking on the door of a playoff spot, and so pretty much winning in. Um, and then so for Jordan, um he's have a good week, and he's in a really good spot for that. Rogers, Chubb, and Foreman all back off a of bye. Waller has been iffy. He hasn't been practicing, so... Um, I don't know anymore if he's expected to play, but it was looking good earlier in the week. He was optimistic himself in interviews, so hopefully he's able to get some work in tomorrow and he's able to give it a go um, for Jordan. Um, And then he has Badgley on bye, so he is going to have to fix his kicker issue, which I believe he's going to be doing tonight, Um, and no other new injuries. So one situation that is changing, or at least in flux moving forward is James Conner. Um, Chase Edmonds, it was looking like, or he got designated to return, so it was looking like he had a chance to play this week. Uh, but then they they said that he's more likely for week 15. So I think James Conner's still good to roll for this week, but moving forward, that could potentially change. Um, and then his start sit, he has one tough decision because he currently has Chubb on his bench. Um, I'm guessing that that's going to change. Um, and he's going to have to bench one of Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, or James Conner. Um, I think I'm, I'd am i sit Cooper there, but Cooper is set up to have a good week against the Washington football team. So that, I feel like that's a really tough decision, but I, I think Jordan will figure it out and we'll have to stay tuned to see what he ends up doing. On Tyler's end of the matchup, um, he could obviously play a major spoiler this week because if he wins, he basically knocks Jordan out of the playoffs. Um... And so Tyler doesn't have any buys and no new injuries this week. So he's fully ready to go. And he also made a bunch of waiver moves too. So uh, his start sit decisions basically all come down to the wide receivers. Um, Van Jefferson is his one lock. uh, But then he's got two spots for Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Emmanuel Sanders, Jalen Guyton, and Darnell Mooney. Um, So that's a bunch of receivers, bunch of names there. Um, But the two I probably go with is Mooney... And Guyton, if one of the other Charger guys is out, Um, we'll see how that situation plays out. So if they both end up going, I wouldn't play Guyton. I'd probably play Kenny Galladay, Um, but we'll see how that plays out. So moving on to the next matchup with Matt and Stevie Moe, this is the least impactful matchup for the playoffs, but it does matter for seeding in the Sacco Bowl. So I think either one of them are going to want to try and win this, Um, for Matt, he's got Miles Sanders, Hunter Henry, and the Eagles defense all on bye this week and no injuries. Um, his start sit, um, he doesn't really have any tough decisions. He's basically starting all his good active players, and everybody on his bench is either on bye or not really a reasonable starter. So he does still have an open bench spot, so we'll see if he takes care of that this week. Um, I've been kind of harping on that one from roster idiots, so maybe if I mention it here, he'll he'll add somebody into that open bench spot. For Stevie Moe, he has Dallas Goddard on by and potentially Pollard missing the game with injury. We still don't know on him, but he is injured. Um, Dallas Goddard is a tough one. He just had a massive game with Minshew. Um, so we'll see if it goes back to Hurts next week. But with uh, with losing Goddard, that's definitely a big one. Um, the only start-sit decision is if Pollard does play, um, then I'm guessing Stevie Moe is going to get him back into his lineup. So it'll be over either Daryl Williams or one of the wide receivers, um, likely one of either Bateman or Kirk. Um, And then he could potentially, too, also go to the waiver wire to replace either Bateman or Kirk after they combined for like 0.9 points last week or something like that. So um, we'll see what Steve Moe ends up doing, see if he's able to take down Matt. And the last matchup of the week is between me and Hamza. Um, honestly, if I don't win this one, I don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, we'll just be real about that one. And I saved this one for last because Hamza's team is all on bye. Um, he's already locked in to the playoffs. Um, and so he doesn't really have a real need to play until week 16. So that's kind of what he's playing for. Um, and I might be his matchup there in week 16, maybe. So we'll have a better fight there and we'll get a better idea of how our teams stack up. Um, because Hamza has followed me with this one. Jonathan Taylor, Miles Gaskin, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Michael Pittman, Devontae Parker, Devontae Smith, Carson Wentz, and the Pats defense all on bye. That's crazy. He's got so many players on bye this week. Um, and then AB is suspended, Ingram is on the COVID list, and Ridley is still away from the team. So his team is just wrecked this week. I mean, he's projected under 100 points. He's got four open uh, roster spots that I don't think he's going to even be using. So the start sit makes it pretty simple. There's literally no decisions um, except for maybe which bye week players he wants to throw into his lineup to get their start percentages up. Who knows? Um, For me, I need this win to secure either the three or the four seed. But I'm in the playoffs either way. Even if I were to lose, I would still make the playoffs because of the fact that the two teams behind me are playing against each other. um, And I wouldn't fall behind either of them. So I would be in either way. Um, And Hurts is hurt and on bye for me. Dolphins D is on bye. And Minshew is on bye. But Hurts and Minshew is kind of like one spot. Um, So no other new injuries for me. Um, And I did get Dalvin Cook back. So that was good. Um, so I, I was able to get him activated. I dropped my defense. Um, and I got Madison out of my lineup. Um, I hope that Cook is able to give it a full go. There was a report from Schefter that said he's going to give it a full go. Um, and by the time you're hearing this, we're going to know whether or not he had a good game. Um, so hopefully I don't sound stupid by hoping he's going to have a monster game tonight. Um, I don't know their shoulders should, should hinder him much from being able to play his full role. Obviously, it's going to be pain management when he gets hit on that shoulder, um, but have had a couple friends that dealt with dislocated shoulders, and it's really not the significant injury that it, it seems it should be. The torn labrum is the one that's a bigger problem. Um, so we'll see how, how Cook responds. So now we're going to get into studs and duds. So I'm going to try and take some bigger swings this week. I had good records both of the first two weeks doing this. So I have some more bolder takes, I guess. Or just I want to try and illustrate a feeling about certain players, about certain guys that are really I think kind of either locks to play or or not locks to play, you know, on on studs take take some shots on some some lesser players here. Um, so we're going to go right down the standings. So from one to 10 in the standings, and I'm going to give uh, each team either one stud or, or one dud. So you get one, one player analysis per team. So my first one with Hamza, uh, I'm going to say Terry McLaurin is a dud this week. Um, he only has six guys. So this one was kind of tough to pick a player from. Um, but scary Terry has two bad weeks in a row. And I think it kind of correlates to how, impactful Gibson has been in the passing game. So many targets and so many receptions over the last two games for Gibson. So I think better days are ahead for McLaurin. I really think that he's going to be good in the fantasy playoffs. I don't think he's going to be like somebody that is going to be in consideration to sit or anything like that. Um, But I think in this first matchup with Dallas, no JD McKissick. And I I think that we're looking at more of a five for 50 type of week with no score. Um, So that's my that's my spiel on McLaurin for Dud. Um for Mike's team, I think AJ Dylan is gonna be a stud here. Um continuing with the theme of trying to take some bigger swings. I'm I'm going with Dylan on his team this week, and he currently has Dylan on his bench. Um, but in this game, the high is 37 degrees and the low is 19. Uh, And I bet they're just beating up on Chicago this game. I don't think Chicago's going to have very much success passing the ball, especially if Robinson is out and Jair Alexander is back. I really think Chicago's going to struggle. So if they're up, I could see Dylan getting uh, 15-plus touches in this game. He's been so involved in the passing game with 17 receptions in his last four games. He's had some bad TD luck, so that's why his point totals don't necessarily look super, super big over the last, over that time. Um, but here I could see 80 total yards and a touchdown with three reception type of game here. So, so 15 points is what I'm kind of anticipating here for Dylan. And I think that qualifies as a, as a stud and, and, uh, we'll see what ends up happening with Aaron Jones getting more and more involved, um, as he comes back off his injury for Craig, I'm going to call out Cordell Patterson as a dud. Um, this one is is interesting, so try and hang with me on this one. Um, after his ankle injury, uh, he missed one week, but coming back from that, his role is different than it was earlier in the season. Um, he was getting a ton of receptions and had five receiving touchdowns. Uh, but over the last two, he's only had five total receptions, so two and a half a game as compared to 4.75 over the first eight games, 4.75 receptions over the first eight games. And then his rushing work has also shifted. He had uh, nine rushes in a, a game over the first eight as compared to 14 and a half over the last two. So he's really kind of taken over as more of the featured rusher on the offense. Um, so over these last two games, there's been kind of a clear role shift in, towards rushing for him. Um, so I, I anticipate that continues this week. And Carolina has one of the, best run defenses in the league so if he's gonna not get as much passing game work and he's gonna get more running game work in this matchup specifically i think he's gonna end up being a dud so he had 11 against tampa bay so that's still a pretty solid week um but i think this might be another down week and i think he might uh i you know i think he might be around 10 points just under 10 points this week against another tough run defense um for my team I think that Cam Newton is going to be a stud. Um, I feel like this one is pretty bold after what happened before the bye bye week where he went five for 21 and got benched. Um, But this one has significantly more to do with the matchup and the matchup with the Falcons is as good as it gets. Um, I think he's in store here for multiple scores, maybe one through the air, one on the ground. Um, They should be able to run the ball at uh, you know, with success against the Falcons, so he could get up to you know somewhere in 50 rushing yards in a rushing touchdown, and I think that's going to fuel a lot of his value. Um, and with how bad their passing defense is, he should be able to get close to 200 yards through the air. Um, so you know, with all of that, I think he's he's going to get up over 20 points this week. For Mike Evans, um, I think he's going to be a dud this week. Um, this is like going to be another bad game for uh, not another bad game for the offense, I think. But I think it's going to be another low-scoring game against Buffalo. Um, Buffalo does a really good job at stopping number one receivers, which is what Evans is. I know they don't have uh, Tredavis White anymore, so maybe that's, like, shifting or something. There's going to shift in the next couple games. Um, but they don't give up big plays very much. And I really just think that... Um, without big plays, which has driven a lot of Evans production, he's really going to struggle in this game. So he obviously is always a threat to score and he can score from far. He can score from close. He can score from anywhere basically. And so if he gets in the end zone, this is going to end up being a bad call. But if he doesn't, he might end up with something like, you know, three for 30, um, in this game. So keep an eye on Evans this week, uh, for Gavin, I think DJ Moore is going to be a stud. So, uh, I did think about giving Gavin a bust with James Robinson. I feel like that one's also kind of a bold call. Um, But I decided to go in on DJ Moore, kind of double down on the Carolina offense um, because I went in on Cam. So both games with Cam, Moore has been very productive. So he he had five for 50 in a touchdown in Cam's first start. And then last week he had four for 103 despite Cam being awful. Um, So against... Against Atlanta, where I expect Cam to have more success in the air or through the air, Um, and Carolina should be able to control the time of possession here with how much they're going to be able to run the ball. I just can't imagine not going back to Moore as a stud, and I really think he's going to have a great game, over 100 yards and a touchdown here coming. Um, For Jordan, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a stud this week. I know that one doesn't feel as bold, but I think it's kind of bold. Um, Since he's come back from his injury, he hasn't topped 11 points and is projected for 15 points this week. Um, So I think against the Chargers defense, who basically begs you to run the ball, um, I think he finds more room to run. He had five yards in attempt last game. And he's going to have Mike Glennon under center. So there's not going to be as much Daniel Jones running. So I think they try and really get him going here and give him the ball early and often. Um, And really have an opportunity for him to explode here. 100 total yards, 2 scores, and 5 receptions, 15 carries. So like 20 touches, 100 total yards, 2 touchdowns, over 20 points. I really think this is going to be a huge breakout week for Saquon Barkley. For Matt, I'm going to say that George Kittle is going to be a dud. Um, I think it's boring to go right back to Gibson as a stud, so I, I refrained from doing that um, and gave, gave Matt a dud this week. Um, Kittle's awesome, of course. Um, he has five touchdowns in his last five games. Um, did I talk about how great his week was last week? Yes, I did. Um, so this is more just an expectations check as opposed to like a start-sit decision. Obviously, you're not going to sit. George Kittle here. Um, Cincinnati isn't bad against tight ends. They're they're right in the middle against tight ends, and they have a solid defense overall. So I just expect that they're going to be able to hold San Francisco relatively in check. Um, And with Debo hoping to play here, I think that's potentially less volume than Kittle got last week. Um, in the, the two weeks before that, he had four and two targets which seems really weird to think because he's been so good over the last five games. But yeah, only four and two targets the two weeks before this massive game. Um, so I think he's going to settle in probably around seven, six, seven targets this week um, and turns that into more of a five for 50 type of game, which you know, seven and a half from a tight end um, isn't, isn't great, I don't think. And then for Stevie Mo, I'm in on Stefan Diggs again, stud week. I did call him a dud last week. Um, and I think I've been kind of using digs every week on Seamus' team. He just kind of has lent himself to me feeling like he's either going to go off or going to be, have a down week, um, kind of nailed him as a dud last week. Um, albeit not for the same reasons that I was saying, I mean, they were playing in that really windy game and he still ended up with like four for 50 or something. So maybe he would have had a huge game. Um, but for this one, I think he's going to be get right back to being a stud. He, he was on a roll before last week. He had had three massive games right back to back. He gets Tampa Bay in Florida. And I think, he's, I think that they're just going to be rearing to go in Buffalo. I think he's going to have a great game. Over 100 yards probably gets into the end zone here. Um, so I think they're going to get right after Tampa Bay and they're going to have a good week. Or in Diggs specifically is going to have a great week. And then for Tyler, my pick for him was Kenny Galladay being a dud. I mentioned before that he might be in a situation where he has to start him. Um, and he they did lose Kadarius Toney for this game, but Shepard should be back, so it's going to be interesting to see the workload just that he gets. Um, but I am going right back to the Chargers defense shutting down wide receivers. Um, I know that burned me last week with picking T Higgins for Jordan's team, um, but I think my mistake was that they shut down number one receivers really well. And Jamar Chase is the number one there. So Higgins was the one getting all the production through the air. This week, I'm going after Kenny Galladay, who is the true number one, who plays the true number one role. And so I really think that the Chargers are gonna be able to shut him down, especially if Bosa is ready to go. Um, They're gonna increase that pass rush and really challenge challenge the Giants here to be able to throw the ball downfield. I don't think they're gonna have much success throwing it downfield. Um, So I think that's going to lead to a minimal target share for Kenny Galladay um, with a backup quarterback. And I think that the chance exists here, at least for him to hit less than five points. Um, So with that, that's the that's it. That's everything. Um, This one went a little long. I know we're in the 40s in terms of minutes. Hopefully you guys really enjoy this. Um, We'll be back next week break down all of the, all of everything that happens this week and really get deeper into the playoff matchups and what, what's going to really be win or go home. So, uh, I'm looking forward to all that. Um, so that that's going to lead to a slightly different format next week, uh, in terms of analyzing the matchups and stuff, um, and focusing in on the, on the playoff brackets. Um, Yeah, keep me posted if you want to hear anything else specifically. Also, let me know if the audio was better. I used a new app again, a new voice recorder app. So hopefully this one gets rid of some of that static. And uh, looking forward to talking to you guys next week.